welcome. Go ahead, take it away. Peter, Peter, Peter. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Venture Capital Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about this business proposition, right? Not a business proposition, about investing in your friend's business. Have you ever done it? So full disclaimer, this is not legal advice. This is not financial advice. This is only for the purpose- This is not investment advice. Investment advice, investment or financial, only for the purposes of entertainment. Basically in the last week, uh, Reddit, the entrepreneurial forum, uh, a comment popped up and I thought it might be just kind of like an interesting topic because it's along that, it's technically venture capital, it's investing. Mm -hmm. And it's specifically investing in a friend's business. Maybe I'll read the first part of the comment. Oh, you went to the deep dive. That's why I didn't see the other part. It says, my friend has asked me to invest in her business. She has a lot of experience in the sphere and is offering me 50% of the profits that the business makes. And to invest 100% of the cost up front, is that a good idea? So you can go deeper. No, we can just keep it at this level. Yeah, I just want to keep it at this level. Yeah. I didn't need to go deeper, but we've got the link. So you can see it below. Yeah. But what are your thoughts, Peter? Like when I saw this, I kind of cringed. Why did you cringe? So I think the challenge is there are certain market terms Mm. that I think, whether you're big or small, are kind of best practices. And when you don't do it, it'll bite you later. So for example, about 10-ish years ago, a company that sold modest clothing Mm. um, came and they wanted to get investment. And the investors found out that there was this silent partner who no longer contributed, who did not have a vesting schedule, who had 30 or 40-ish percent of the business. Mm And the investors claimed that that was a deal breaker for them. They wanted to invest, and I think they were very, very serious, but they didn't want to work because I think not only was it going to be an actual cash investment, but they were going to spend a lot of time mentoring the founder Yeah, because they were going to go into big box stores, Mm -hmm. and they did not want to have almost half of everything they do go to this inactive individual. And this person, I think it literally killed the deal, and they know... because the person was like, why are you pushing me out of the business? I'm getting screwed. Yeah. And it literally blocked the deal for the friend. So the challenge is like when I see things like this, you know, they're great. But if you get any form of success, it turns into a burden and it creates, I think, negative feelings. And it's like, how do you get out of it? Yeah. I don't know. But then again, you could say a win's a win's a win. But I would push back on that because I, there must there must have been a little bit more going on. And I say that because... There's always more. Always two sides. Like... Investors do this all the time, right? Like the seed investor owns, you know, 30% of the business or whatever. And like, does the series A get all grumpy and upset because the seed, you know, invested Mm -hmm. at a riskier stage and owns a big chunk of the company? Not really. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. The problem is when that person is like really hamstringing the business, right. And makes it difficult for them to hire more people and so on and so forth. Like, the things that I see that like really kill deals, I mean, maybe it's the fact that they own like 40% of the business. That could maybe be part of it, right? It was either 40% or it might have been 50%. Yeah. See, those those numbers actually do get challenging because there's just not enough equity left to keep the, the person that's running it day to day incentivized. At the end, mm-hmm. right? Which is, I think, a huge problem. Yeah. Because I think it li- they literally just shut the business down. Yeah. Well, but- in that case, then the person was kind of stupid to not, you know be willing to negotiate or find a reasonable outcome because they ended up owning, you know, 50% of zero. 
right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, they don't have the, the foresight. Yeah. And then they get into these shootouts and the shootouts happen. And it's like, kind of playing chicken and end up, you know, both dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, it's an interesting point. I think in this example for Reddit, so I, I guess there's a couple of ways to read it. One is to say like they end up owning 50%. The other is to say that they were getting 50% of the profits. Those are two very, very different things, right? Like I could have a 50% profit interest. Mm-hmm. But either way, I looked at this and I was like, immediately was like, there's no way this is a venture deal, right? And it may never be a venture deal. Right. But if it's like a pure lifestyle business, like, okay, that could make sense. If I were the investor, I'd be like asking questions around, well, how are profits calculated right like what kind of rights do i have what kind of protections do i have right like all these things if i'm going to be fronting up a bunch of capital like you know how do i know that this person's not just going to plow a ton of expenses into the business and that you know they're going to pay themselves like a you know fat salary and then there's nothing Mm -hmm. left and profits right i think that's tricky if they don't actually end up owning equity and it's just like a profit interest right like then they can't control things, right? They could end up selling the business and you would get nothing for it, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there are a bunch of issues there. I think if I were to do a deal like that, I might do it maybe more RBF based, right? Mm-hmm. So revenue-based financing where it's like, okay, I want I, I want like a cut of royalties, right? Like RBF became popular in Utah in like 10 years ago for like yeah. a year or two and then it just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Although it's been totally like, institutionalized there are a lot of uh, very good funds that do rbf i also think it makes today. a lot of sense for most angels mm, i actually no? disagree i don't think it makes a lot of sense for angels so well this is this is why i think it makes a lot of sense for lifestyle businesses backed by angels okay like i think fair i mean i mean i think that the the big concern is if you're in a market where you have to grow at all cost yeah taking anything out of the business that doesn't have to be is a risk is hurtful yeah it hurts it's you know it's yeah. rock you know to get to mars it requires so much rocket fuel yeah but if it's a lifestyle business you don't need that mm-hmm. rocket fuel right like mm-hmm. it can make a ton of sense yeah my point is that most it's angel- effectively alone yeah my point is that most angels have a hard time will never get money back out of deals yeah but think about how much risk you're taking you know, you're, you're, I think angels, I was talking to an angel investor about this once and he was like, Oh yeah. Like we got this other guy that like did this RBF and he, and I'm like, this is the best deal ever. Like this guy is getting paid a pittance on his like money. Mm -hmm. He's taking the exact same risk we are, which is like high degree of likelihood. This company fails. Uh, the only difference is he's going to get like 5% of his money back. Mm-hmm. right if it fails and we'll get zero but even then like we probably you know we might get even we, we might even get that five percent back because you know we sit in the preferred stack so yeah i i don't know feels like a lot of risk for potentially mm-hmm. not a huge outcome on the back end if you're really swinging for the fences which okay. so just drives their risk up for entertainment purposes would you invest in a friend's business uh yeah i have okay what what would be the advice for entertainment purposes would you be giving to others if they wanted to invest in friends' businesses? Uh, write a check and don't expect anything back. Okay. That way when they lose it, you're like, oh, well. Make sure there's an actual contract. <laughs> well, yes. Make sure you're actually buying an asset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Do your diligence. Um but yeah, look, I mean, I think, yeah, I've, I've, I've invested personally in a few friends' businesses and, you know, I, I never invest, 
enough that will fundamentally change my life if I lost it, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, well, that sucks. Have you been paid off of any of those yet? No, not yet. I've been paid off of one. They're all early, so they got, you know, but they're all doing well. They're mm -hmm. all still growing and performing, so I've invested my time and mm -hmm. been rewarded and paid off for that, so. You invest your time in a lot of places. This is true, probably too many. I don't know. I've, I've always I just love it so much. <laughs> All right. What other advice do you have for investing in your friend's business? I mean, my number one is don't invest more than you're willing to lose. And you should never assume you'll never get it back. So usually, like, if I do do a deal, yeah, it's more ultimately, hey, I want to help this person out. And I don't really care what the terms are. Yeah. Okay, here's a way to kind of... Yeah, but the the other side of it is, like, the investments I've made, I've also made in companies that I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Right, like, but you're also writing much bigger checks than me. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. But either way, like I kind of look at it as, yeah, maybe I'm helping him out, but like I also am a believer here, right? Because mm -hmm. I've had other friends that are like, hey, I'm raising money, and I'm like, yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? just because you're my friend doesn't mean that I'm gonna write a check. True, like, I think you've got like a close knit, like group, close, a close knit group of friends. Yeah, it's a different. It's different, but. I don't know. I still have to have conviction around the deal. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't know. Like giving people money, in my opinion, doesn't always solve problems. You got to solve your problems first and then raise money. Okay. More money, more problems. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, <laughs> what do you think? What do I think? I would generally avoid it. I think it creates too many issues. And it's hard. It's hard to give money and not have expectations in return. So mm. even if you think you're in a good spot, at some point, you're probably going to be in a crunch. Mm. And, and you're like, hey, I really need that that money I gave you. And then when they're not willing to return it, that's going to create negative animosity. So the cost, I think, ultimately is higher. It's almost better to give that's it fair. to to friends or family as a gift. Yeah. Not that you should be giving as 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 that. But I think I don't know. May, maybe the difference for me though is because this is what I do for a living. I have a, like a very different approach approach and perspective on that money. Like I don't view it as a loan. Like I wouldn't, I'm never, once I write that check, I'm, I know I'm never going to go back to them and ask for it back. But I think that would make you unique. Yeah. I know that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm like, I kind of have a unique perspective on it because this is what I do. Mm -hmm. My, my advice is if you give someone money, there's a chance that you will never see that person again. That something will you go will off. You'll never see that person and again. And is the risk worth it? Because it's, I think it's hard to give someone substantial cash whatever that is to whether it's two thousand or whether it's yeah. twenty thousand and then what happens if they blow it and then they mm -hmm. feel embarrassed and never want to come back or to like them? you see them go skiing yeah like that's part of it they could be that's actually a really interesting point a buddy zach Oates was talking about that yeah where the entrepreneur just disappeared had so much guilt mm. every now and, every now and then you see this where like this entrepreneur will literally just disappear move 10 states away <laughs> and it's just like I've always assumed it's just immense guilt that they're dealing with. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like if I, if I gave, if I invested money into a company and it failed and I didn't have this professional like outlook on it, I would be kind of pissed if I saw him like out mm -hmm. skiing and living the good life. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the heck, man? Like remember yeah. all the money I gave you and you like lost it all. And now like, Things are on the rise for you, but like you're skiing in Vail. You know, you're skiing in Vail, and here I am. Like, and I gave you two grand. Yeah, gave you ten grand. I gave you ten grand, and you lost it. Mm -hmm. That trip was ten grand. Yep, yep. Now I don't know. People get super emotional about money. Mm -hmm. It's tough.
It's tricky. I don't know. Yeah, I could. I don't know. For me, I guess. I guess at the end of the day, you got to just know yourself, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. can honestly like write that check and be like, "It's gone." But I think that's that's right? a rare thing. So then go for it. But if you're not, and you're gonna be emotionally tied to it, then probably not. I mean, I think here's the flip side. Let's say you're receiving money from friends. Yeah. Like that will change your life. You need to recognize that if you go skiing to Vail, and they are find going out to judge it, you. You will be judged. And is it is that worth it? Yeah. If you buy the Mercedes, yeah, and you haven't paid them back, you will be judged. Yeah. Like, no, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I have family members where one family member lent the other family member some money, and then they sent that family member back a, a Christmas gift and accidentally left uh, the receipt for a large purchase that they had made oh. in the box. <laughs> and the family member was pissed because oh. <laughs> they were like what you haven't paid me back yet <laughs> you went and bought this like really expensive thing mm-hmm. right and yeah I definitely like strain the relationship whereas like if they had not known they wouldn't have cared right because like they're still making the payments on time and blah 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 but mm-hmm. i think yeah. that was one of the lessons that john richards taught me is that so again he was talking about the relationship between employees and the founder when the employees are taking below market rates yeah if the founder then goes and buys a flashy car, how all the employees will fill. And I think family members will feel the exact same way. Yeah. Friends will feel the same way. Yeah. It's true. If you're sacrificing, everybody should be kind of sacrificing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think this... Or right, at least emotionally, they feel emotionally. like that's that should be the case, right? It doesn't matter how much you're sacrificing. It's their perception, not what reality is. Right, right. It could be like you got those tickets to Vail for free, right? From, you know, something. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. So my advice, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't take money. If they're the only ones that'll give it to you, don't take it. It's kind of what Greg Warnock from Mercado would say. He says there's, he says if you're trying it to family members, he would say raise all of your money from institutions, nothing personal. But then if it's, he's an institution, he wants to see you taking money from friends and family and that there's like immense skin in the game. Yeah. Cause you know, you don't, you want, you want those Christmas dinners, Thanksgiving dinners to be good, mm-hmm. not a bunch of grumpy, you know, friends and family. Where's my money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that does beg the question, right? Like, does taking money from family, like, really crank up the motivation for you to, like, go out and crush it? And mm-hmm. maybe some people need that. I don't know. Maybe one last point. When I was doing Tiny Torch, and I was, like, super broke and make, trying to make things work, I yeah. had a friend. So he offered to, he says, I won't invest, but I'll help you cover your living expenses if you agree to pay me back. Yeah. And I think he helped for like three or four months. I paid him back plus interest plus like a big thank you. Yeah. And like to me, I was just super, super grateful. It's like one of like the, like the super dark moments in your life. You're like, how do I get through here? And he's like, I believe in you. Yeah. I'm not going to take a huge risk, but I'm going to make sure that like you're fed. Yeah. And I'll always remember that. Yeah. And he was probably like, look, if, if he doesn't pay me back, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> right. I kept John from dying. <laughs> that was worth it. He did. <laughs> I love it. All right. On that, that note, we should end. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. Go to www.venturecapital.fm. Again, let us know your questions in the comments. We've gotten some good ones. What do you think? Would you invest in your friends or family's business? Tricky. Tricky. Catch you on the next one. Tricky.